LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Madeline Galea. And I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry each week. Now, Maddie, it's the the season of giving gifts. Now, I want to ask you a question. Uh, What's the best present you've ever received? I'm going to expand it to your birthday as well. If you want to tell people when your birthday is, they can send you presents. But what's the best present you've ever got? June 17th, by the way. Um, And I I do like gifts. Uh, I'll happily accept anything. Uh, But best present... I did receive a, my dad bought me a record player for my, I think it was the 20th or 21st birthday. And that, that's been a great present that I still enjoy. That's pretty good. What was the first vinyl you got? Uh, actually, apart from like secondhand ones from mum and dad, I did get a, the one of the Adele albums, which is pretty good. She sounds good on vinyl. I feel like I should say something a bit more ancient. Um, <laughs> I feel like you should as well, actually. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yours. I'm waiting for Bowie. No, I look, gonna... I I did have Purple Rain. I mean, I had it on repeat. It doesn't work the same. Like you know, you have to obviously repeat doesn't work the same on vinyl. Uh, but uh, I did enjoy listening to Purple Rain. That sounds good on vinyl. But it does. It does. The one thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also proudly part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network, and we'd encourage you to check out our new network page on iTunes and see all the other quality Christian podcasts that are available there. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Overwork and Underwork. Now, we're talking about overwork and underwork, uh, but firstly, Derek, can you talk to us about what healthy rhythms might look like? I can certainly try. I can certainly try. <laughs> it's, one of those, it's one of those times, isn't it, of the year where you think it's going to be different this year than it was last year. I'm going so to much get hope. it all right. All right. My calendar looks amazing. Um, it, in, inherent in this question, though, as we, I was reflecting on it beforehand, is that what do we mean when we talk about healthy? Because um, that's really important to, to understand what we mean by health in that. Because mm-hmm. you, you can take the two ends of the spectrum. The obvious one is the workaholism, you know, saving the world single-handedly and leading a church. I have to do everything. It all rests on me. If I step out for a week, the whole world is going to collapse and people are going to fall away. There's the workaholism aspect of it. At the other end of the spectrum is the, is the kind of uh, that self-indulgent laziness nearly rhythm. Um, the not, you know, so relaxed, avoidant of responsibility, uh, and so there is a spectrum on this. We're thinking we, we kind of know that at both ends of those spectrum, there's something unhealthy about it. But if we, if it, well, at least for me, here's where I'm going to define it as. If I'm going to define healthy rhythms here, I think it's more pushing into uh, rightly understanding our place before God so that it takes into consideration our, all our responsibilities. So friends, family, as well as church in our role there, that when it does come to our role, there is gospel clarity around that as well. I think that is hugely important as we're thinking what is healthy. Um, and I would say it, it, the role, the rhythm has to be sustainable. So there are times of stretch. It's not all kind of monochrome. There are times of stretch. There are times of reflection. 
but we are finite creatures serving an infinite God. And so health is around a life that reflects that truth there. So here's my summary. I want to say that a healthy rhythm is one which rightly understands our place before God in the roles, responsibilities and context that he's placed us in. So there's no one size fits all. This is a long <laughs> monologue, isn't it? That's good. Because the last thing I want to hear from someone else is to say, here's what your week should look like. You know, I hate that stuff. Oh, see, that, that's what I crave. I want someone, because it's so ambiguous, I want someone to say, this is what it can look like. And we'll get to some more detail later on. We will, but, but I'll tell you what happens, Maddie, when people do that. And this is, because part of me wants that as well. Just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. Yeah. Someone tells me what I need to do and I can't do it. Because <laughs> their roles and their responsibilities and their personality are all wired slightly different to me. Yeah. So I want to say, no, no, no. There's no one size answer fits all. We have to work out with our capacity, uh, with where we're at in life as well, because it's going to change. And you do build muscle mass with this stuff as well. You do learn how to, to take on more over time. So you can't look at someone in 15 years who has their calendar packed to pack, wall to wall with stuff and just drilling everything and nailing it all and think I yeah. should be there because they've built muscle mass in, yeah. in order to do that. Then here's the other side. This is for old people like me, Maddie, not young people <laughs> like you. Over time, your body just starts to let you down because you, your energy does. Oh, that's sad, isn't it? <laughs> that's sad. Oh, it's sad. But it's all right. I've been going to the gym, and so I'm building muscle mass again. <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? It's a rhythm of life thing. That when we're healthy, we're not saying here's what your calendar should look like. Everyone just roll this out. I think that's really unhealthy that that mm. kind of answer anyway there's my long monologue to start mm, no that's good okay so what do unhealthy rhythms look like i think we can mostly spot this stuff can't we again at those two ends of the spectrum uh it can present itself in in the overwork so i am so consumed by my role at church if that's what we're talking about here mm. my role at church that i can't ever turn off that i am convinced that um, this is uh, a gospel issue that I need to, and I need to fix it. I need to be there always present in this role. And it takes precedent over anything else that's happening. Um, and so there's an overwork aspect, which is obviously unhealthy. Most people recognize that, but there is, and this, you know, this may be less in certain circles, circles or maybe more, there is an underwork um, unhealthy rhythm to this where it can sometimes be a sort of hyper-Calvinism as well, where you think, you know, my role is just to preach and pray. So I'll spend 30 hours a week preparing my talk in my study. I'll spend 10 hours a week in my study alone praying for people. And every now and then I'll get to the other unimportant things. There can be this hyper-Calvinism uh, that comes out, which we might justify theologically. Mm. But I would actually say it's actually not balancing our roles, responsibilities, and where we're at. It doesn't reflect a biblical view of leadership either. And I think it does push into that underwork category where we're actually not grappling with what a healthy rhythm is, given our roles and responsibilities and place in life and what the Bible's calling us to do. Yeah. Um, so can you share for us a little bit uh, personally about times in your own ministry, in your life, where you have fallen into the unhealthy side of rhythms? I can tell you about lots of them, <laughs> lots of them, um, because I, um, yeah, I'm not a 
person who does the middle ground very well. Uh, it's not, it's not a, a positive necessarily. I'm just a person of extreme. Yeah. Um, and so that actually leads to some really unhealthy aspects that I, I've realized I need to modulate. Um, and so sometimes it's for me, it's been when things have been going really well, you just launch yourself into, I just keep thinking another 10%. Will will get me to the, us to the next level. Another ten percent, another ten percent, and I look behind me, and there's a train wreck of relationships, and I am on the edge. I'm on this precipice, about to fall off, even though it looks like I've this thing has been built here. And so, there's an unhealthiness in that when things are going well for me sometimes that I just keep launching myself into it. Um, but as well, there can be when things are going poorly as well, and I think this is for a lot of uh, a lot of people in ministry. They feel this tension there is that tension of what I need to do. I, I'm, I'm not doing it well enough. I'm not doing enough of it. And so if I just keep doing more of it, things aren't going well, but if I just do a little bit more, it'll fix it. Um, now, look, I'm not saying sometimes you don't need to do more. Sometimes you don't need to do less, but, less, but there's a, there's, there can be a, a pattern that develops where we think at the heart of it, I think it is, um, that we've forgotten. Actually, there's just one saviour that this is God's church, that, that I can't fix everything in everyone's life because people are sinful, I'm sinful, um, and, and sanctification is, a, is a, a, an ongoing work of the spirit in my life. And so, you know, lots of times I can think of in my life when things are going well, when things are going poorly, that I develop unhealthy rhythms to solve what I think is essentially a hard issue for me. Yeah, and you can see that because while unhealthy rhythms or healthy ones seem to be quite practical like meetings how you manage your calendar all that you know rest uh but underneath that is oh i need to keep working because of my potentially my ego or my need to feel in control to feel um like i'm the one who can do it uh yeah quite a heart issue underneath yeah absolutely and and an identity issue often for people an identity issue and that can play out in a whole number of um, different ways, but it pushes back to who, who it is. I think I am, what gives me important, what gives me value, what makes me who I am. Uh, things are going well, or things are going per, uh, poorly. It's that question of, am I really loved if this thing fails? Maybe if I just work a bit more, it'll work and I'll validate myself. Now, mm-hmm. Am I really of worth if this thing doesn't work out? Um, if, if I can't do this thing that everyone publicly is watching me do, what will they think if I kind of fail at it or tap out? And it's at that point that I realised this is not just about healthy rhythms or it's not just about meetings or calendars. They're the symptoms. They're the, the kind of surface things that play out. But at its heart, I've forgotten who I am in Christ at that point. Um, the more I dig into it for myself, um, the more I talk to other people about it, it is always a theological issue at heart. Not to say there aren't skill things that we need to consider, but you dig down, it's nearly always a, a theological issue at heart. Mm. Is there anything that you would say to someone, like with the overworking um, part of potentially an unhealthy rhythm, I could identify in that, you know, to to be Maltese is really to work hard. And if you're not working hard, you know, like there's a, if I feel lazy, I feel a lot of shame. Mm. Um, yeah. Is it just drawing back to who we are under God primarily or? 
Yeah, that's a great question. There's, there's lots of ways in which I think we can approach it. And the beauty of the gospel, I think it gives a lot of tools in the, the toolkit to answer that and push into that in our lives. Mm-hmm. I've identified one issue um, that's one I struggle with around identity. That's certainly one that, that I think we need to address. I, I wonder whether as well there is a, a dynamic, and Christopher Ash pushes into this really well in his book, um, Zero Without Burnout, around the dynamic of being finite creatures as well and what that actually means, that the theological truth of that. We are finite creatures serving an infinite God and how that plays out in how we see our role in things. There's a responsibility we need to have within God's realm, God's world, um, but there are limits to what we can and can't do. So I, I think the beauty of the gospel is that it, it does push into um, the answer of this unhealthy rhythm and what's at the heart of it from a number of different angles, and that'll push in for different people at different places. Yeah. Uh, so if we were going to be specific, what kind of healthy rhythms should we focus on uh, for 2021? All right. Are you feeling like I've dodged the question, Matt? Are you feeling like I haven't been specific enough? (laughs) I want... Look, I love the the theory, the thinking behind it all, but I'm going to plan my year and I'm similar. I will, uh, you know, can be all or nothing, a bit extreme. So Mm. what are some practical things that I can actually implement? Yeah, well, listen, in the show notes... um, We'll put links to some of the other podcasts we've done that do drill into some of the very specific areas like how to navigate your calendar and things like that because that is important, but you can't start there. You can't start there. Um, I would say if we're thinking about healthy rhythms for 2021, this is a tension to be managed. This is not a problem to be solved. Oh, nice. That's good. Because, listen, I stole that off Wade Burnett, so (laughs) don't be too impressed by that. Tension to be managed, not a problem to be solved in that year to year is going to look different and you need to understand uh, what it is your roles and responsibility and context are from year to year in order to manage that tension and not think you've got it nailed in 2020, 2020, I'm going to be exactly the same. Mm. Um, So let me give ones for those who might tend to overwork and then to those who tend to underwork. For those who overwork, here are some fundamentals I think you need to consider at the start of this year. First one, you have to find moments of rest. You have to put that in your diary or wherever it is you keep it, you need to lock that in. You have to rest. Um, look, actually, you know, physically, we recognise we need to rest. You've got to lock in your holidays early in order to get it. You've got to work out what the rhythms through the year are for you. But you have to recognise you're a finite creature. And so the first thing I would do to say, if you're an overworker, you need to lock in those moments of rest throughout the year. And... Throughout the week, you need to work out when that, what that will look like as well. Lock them in and work out how you protect them because you won't be good, any good to anyone if you can't function well. And you can't function well if you don't get rest. Mm-hmm. Second one, uh, you need meaningful, renewing connections with friends and family. Re- meaningful, renewing connections with friends and family. Big shout out to my friend, John O'Andrews, who's a a psych up here in in, uh, Brisbane. He always pushes me every time I see him on this stuff. Um, Just in terms of connecting with people who aren't, who you don't feel like drain you, but energize you. 
like your employees, you know. So. Like your employee. Every time I come to work, I'm energized. <laughs> That's actually quite true. But, you know, there are, there are some people who just think, I can't wait to spend time with them. Yeah. Um, they energise me. You have to have those. Mm. You know, sac- there's sacrifice in, in lots of places in life. But you want to put yourself in those relationships as well where you do feel buoyed and so you've got to lock them in. You've got to find moments. I'm not saying, you know, three days every week. I'm just finding work out when it is you need them in order to connect. Last one, you have to spend time in the word and prayer. You've got to lock that in. If you're an overworker, you will tend towards often being a pragmatist in this, so solving the next problem, going to the next meeting, finding that next person. You have to spend time in the word and reflecting on yourself. Um, Christopher Ash calls this stuff inward renewal, which I think is helpful. Um, but God working on you and in you and you being refreshed in that spiritual vibrancy uh, is the place you need to start if you're going to be of use to other people. Um, so being an overworker, being a workaholic is nothing to boast about. Those are things. Here's the, here's the underwork ones very quickly. Um, the underwork ones are these. Um, can I say, if, if you do tend towards underworking, as you're thinking through your calendar, uh, I would say we need to reflect on our place as those who will answer to God. What does it look like to be in gospel ministry and gospel work? We actually do need to answer to God eventually for how it is we've led people and lived our life, lives and use the resources that God has provided through his church for, to free us up for gospel ministry. So we just need to pause and reflect on the fact that we will answer to God in that. It's not meant to be ominous. But it is meant to be maybe a little kick in the backside. Yeah. Um, secondly, we do need to reflect on what we see as a role of those who lead God's people as well. Um, and so I, I want to push into we are elders, we are, um, uh, we are shepherds, we are overseers as well. And so we are thinking through the whole church and how it is we both make and mature disciples within that, overseeing all of that in order to care for people um, not just spending 40 hours in our office. Mm. So, you know, under work can look very productive to us because we're spending lots of time in the Word, but actually that may not be what we're called to do in leading God's people. I, w- I would say push back in that. Last one, uh, we need to take responsibilities for the outcomes as well. So we can't push into that hyper-Calvinism, uh, even though we're recognising God brings about the fruit, a healthy rhythm we'll also take into consideration that responsibilities for outcomes. Um, so actually thinking, what, what is it that I'm called to do and am I doing it and what do I do if I'm not seeing those things achieved? So listen, anyway, they're my ones. I know they're not as specific as you want. No, that's I know good. you wanted me to give you the silver <laughs> bullet. Um, there but are I'm saying, no silver bullets. <laughs> there are no silver bullets. Thank you, Daniel Lim. Yes, there yeah. are no silver bullets. But listen, th- those those are things. Underwork, overwork, it's attention. Um, we'll point to some other ones, practical around calendars and things like that. But at the heart of it, I just want to keep saying there's no simple answer, but a healthy rhythm is one in which you rightly understand our place before God in the roles, responsibility and context that he's placed us in. No, that's great. And yeah, we can very easily glorify overwork and uh, vilify underwork, but we want to bring both of those things before God. Uh, what's the one thing you want to say about setting healthy rhythms for the year to come? Uh, I've said it 500 times. I'm going to say it again because I think this is my best one thing ever. Oh, wow. Hi, bar. Ready? <laughs> Most of them have been pretty ordinary, so it's a very low bar, actually. <laughs> Here it is. 
A healthy rhythm is one in which we rightly understand our place before God in the roles and responsibilities and contexts that he has placed us in. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you, Jerry. That was great. Uh, What is in the toolbox? Well, Mikey Lynch's Good Life in the Last Days. I love this book. Uh, it's excellent. It does. It deals with balance between uh, the kind of going hard for Jesus, the all-out, sold-out for the gospel, limited time, the brevity of life, uh, and the necessity of, of seeing the lost saved, and paying attention to our humanity and limits. That that finite, infinite, great book. Uh, Mikey Lynch's Good Life in the Last Days. I want to I want to advertise as well. Chris, Christopher Ash's uh, Zeal Without Burnout. Uh, it's just been on my mind. I've read it again recently uh, with some other people and it's excellent. It's a really, really helpful book. Uh, we will also, as I mentioned, put a few links in the toolbox uh, to thinking through the more specific aspects of building healthy rhythms, like around calendars, like decision-making, all those kinds of things. How you, do, how you, how you decide what to do each day. Uh, we've got a couple of podcasts we'll put in on that. Thanks, Derek. And if you like what you heard on The One Thing, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Madeline Galea. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.